November 28, 2020. The sun is gradually rising over the city of Houston, Texas, but this was no ordinary day. At 8 in the morning, down Red Haw Lane, situated next to the Houston Energy Corridor, the naked body of a young woman was discovered. Her name, Alexis Lee Sharkey, a popular, well-known media influencer who lived her life to the fullest. Her lifeless body would soon prove to investigators that this was no accident. Alexis had been murdered, but who would want to kill her? As a social media personality, she had a large following, and the list of suspects could be endless. Police would not solve this case overnight. They would have to use all of their experience to get to the bottom of it. Welcome to the Beyond Evil podcast, where we bring you the most compelling true crime cases from all over the world. Some are disturbing, some are baffling, and others are simply pure evil. Before we begin, we would like to send our sincere condolences to all of the friends and family of Alexis Sharkey, who was taken from this world at just 27 years old. Alexis Lee Robinault was born in Warren, Pennsylvania on January 25, 1994. Alexis had a very good upbringing with her parents, Michael and Stacy, and her two sisters. As well as her good upbringing, Alexis was born with every tool she would ever need to succeed in life. She was a stunningly beautiful woman with a fabulous personality, the kind of woman everyone loved and wanted to be around. And on top of that, she was a very intelligent woman as well. Lots of labels are attached to social media influencers, for example, criticizing them for not getting a proper job or for being too dumb to work or just being a plain old attention seeker. In some cases, maybe that's true, but not in the case of Alexis. Her parents described her as having an analytical mind and as a person who was addicted to learning. In 2016, she graduated from the University of Pittsburgh with a major in biology and two minors in nutrition and psychology. From the day she was born, she was destined to be a success, and she was determined to make it happen. The 28th of November, 2020, a group of city workers are going about their daily business as they drive up Red Haw Lane, approximately 17 miles from downtown Houston. They notice something lying on the side of the road. Pulling over and approaching, they discover that it is the body of a young woman. She is described as being laid out very carefully, stripped of all clothing, and strangely, for someone who had been dumped on a roadside, looked extremely clean. The body had been placed so carefully that initially the workers thought it was a mannequin, so much so they didn't pull over to begin with and carried on driving, thinking, well, somebody must have just thrown it out. But something kept bothering them, which is why they turned around and came back for a second look. They only realized that it was a real person when they noticed her feet. Of course, mannequins don't have spread toes, but this did. The workers weren't sure how to act. They were probably in shock, so they called their supervisor to come down and take a look. He immediately called 911. When first responders arrived to the scene, they found a strange scene, to say the least. Whoever had dumped the body didn't make any attempt to hide the fact the person was left in plain sight for all to see, not something that they usually associate with murders they had attended to in the past. 
With just a naked body to go on and nothing else, no ID, no clothes, no possessions, the investigators now had a very tough job on their hands. They had to discover how this young woman's life had ended, why it had ended, and who ended it. After graduating from the University of Pittsburgh, Alexis intended to go to medical school. But having worked very hard on graduation, she decided she wanted to take a gap year and do some traveling. Upon deciding that she needed some new surroundings, Alexis made the move to Texas, moving to a town called Odessa in the west side of the state. Not long afterwards, she got herself a job at Twin Peaks, a chain of bars very similar to Hooters. Whatever your thoughts are on this kind of establishment, it is entirely up to someone if they want to work there. Alexis did, and she enjoyed it very much. Given her good looks and the groups of men who came in to drink and watch sports, getting generous tips for being a waitress was like taking candy from a baby, and she was very successful at it. Within a very short time, she had made lots of new friends from working at the bar and was settling into her new life perfectly. By the middle of 2017, Alexis had gotten engaged, but unfortunately that relationship didn't last. Her heart was broken over this guy, and she went through a fairly difficult time. But fortunately, friends helped her through it. Not long after, friends and colleagues noticed that she was getting close to one of their regular customers, Tom Sharkey. He often came into the bar, and the staff liked him. He was a popular guy, big muscles, big personality, who was always friendly and very polite, and he made the staff laugh. Tom worked as a consultant in the oil fields and also had traveled around the world for his work, which was one of the reasons he appealed to Alexis so much. She also loved to travel and dreamed of a job where she could move around. He was quite a bit older than her, though. Alexis was in her early 20s at the time, and Tom was in his early 40s. He was divorced and had two children. Alexis's work ethic could not be questioned. She was working all hours at Twin Peaks alongside a couple of other jobs that she had, but it was taking its toll. She wanted to slow down a bit and enjoy life instead of, in her words, trading all my time for money. One of her side jobs was working for an MLM called Monet. An MLM is a multi-level marketing business. The person at the top recruits people to sell the company's product. Those people then recruit other people, and it goes on and on. Then you end up with what is basically a pyramid of people selling the products. Now, in many cases, the people at the bottom rarely earn very much money, but the people higher up can make lots of it. Monet doesn't have the best reputation, according to the media. It has fought several lawsuits against it for fraud and deception. This can often be the case for many MLMs, or pyramid schemes as they became known. Most of the people that get involved tend to fail. But in Alexis's case, this was not her experience. She put everything she had into it, and rather than just trying to sell on doorsteps or some online marketplace, she decided to use social media. After just a short time, she built up a good following and had many people working below her. Within just one month of working for Monet, Alexis quit her job at the bar and dedicated herself to this as a full-time salesperson and influencer, eventually working her way up to an executive director position. In a fairly short time, she had risen from a small-time salesperson on a modest salary to a director earning in excess of $34,000 a month. The new salary and being an influencer went hand-in-hand. Rather than just posting the product online, she was able to put forth much more effort and show more luxurious videos and photos, sailing on private yachts, swimming in the sea, you know, that kind of thing. 
That's what many people don't know about influencers. It isn't necessarily about what you share. It's how much you're willing to share. How much of your private life are you willing to put online in full public view? Successful influencers live nearly all of their lives in the public gaze. Alexis was building up an Instagram following in the tens of thousands of people, and it was all geared around recruitment for Monet. She did not like to refer to herself as an influencer. She described herself as a businesswoman, and all the champagne and parties and yachts, all part of a carefully choreographed effort to attract people to come and work for her. By 2019, Tom and Alexis were in a committed relationship and very happy with each other. The next natural step was to get engaged, which they did in the summer of 2019. Tom then seems to have realized how good social media was for the couple and how much money there was to be made, so he started joining in, featuring in various videos. The couple, very typical for the pair of them, fancied a change of surroundings, and in August of 2019, they moved to Colorado. For reasons known only by Tom and Alexis, they didn't stay in Colorado very long, opting instead to return to Texas, but not before taking a nice long road trip together through Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah, of course, filming new social media content the entire time. The couple were married in a courthouse in Colorado in December of 2019 and moved back to Texas by January of 2020, finally settling down in Houston. Not one to sit around, Alexis was once again on the lookout for new friends in her new surroundings. She joined an app called Bumble BFF, not to be confused with the dating app Bumble. This was just a way to make new friends in your local area. This is where she met a lady called Tanya Ricardo, who was also looking to meet new friends after a divorce. Alexis was invited around for dinner along with other friends of Tanya. She managed to fit in straight away, and according to Tanya, everyone loved her almost instantly. Alexis then introduced Tanya and her friends to some of the women she knew from Monet, and the two groups got along very well. Within a few weeks, she had created a whole new circle of friends based purely on her likable personality, not a skill that everyone can manage. What we must remember about social media influencers is that we do see only what they want us to see. Great videos and photos with filters applied, a bit like a gambler who will only ever tell you when they win. A social media influencer will only show you the good stuff, not the bad. Alexis's new group of friends loved her, but they found it strange that she hardly ever spoke about her husband. At times, they would all get together as couples, but not very often. Even if someone brought the subject up about her personal life, she would just change the subject. As everybody knows, the pandemic threw a dark blanket over the world for well, quite a period of time. This hurt Alexis as much as anyone, if not more. All of a sudden, she couldn't travel, or recruit people, or even sell her own products as she had before. This is when she joined TikTok and changed her method of making money. She might not like to have been called a social media influencer before, but now she certainly was. As well as making new videos to sell Monet products, she started including her entire personal life. She would show videos making drinks or wearing fancy dresses playing with her cats. Her life was now becoming a lot like The Truman Show. Later that year, November to be exact, things would change forever. At the beginning of the month, she went on a trip with a friend to Marfa, Texas, then going on to Tullam, Mexico with more friends, but not her husband. 
As far as the world of social media was concerned, all was normal. But was it? For the first time, she had not traveled with her husband and had not mentioned him at all, even posting online that she loved Tullum so much that she was going to live there. Thanksgiving was now fast approaching. Alexis was in close contact with her family, but said that she was not going to be going back to Pennsylvania for the holiday, much to the disappointment of her mother, but she promised to make it back for Christmas instead. The family had noted how little they saw of her since she met Tom, but they put it down to her love of travel, and let's face it, she wasn't a child anymore. She was an adult with her own life to lead. Thursday, November the 26th, 2020, Thanksgiving Day. Alexis had been in touch with her mother, wishing each other a happy Thanksgiving, but that was about all. She said she couldn't phone them because she was super busy. Given how much her family meant to her, they found it strange that she couldn't take 10 minutes out of her day to talk to them. But again, they let it slide. Later that day, something else happened that was really strange. Alexis was posting online as she usually did, posting pictures of her Thanksgiving dinner. But she was with her friend Tanya, not her husband. In fact, she had, for whatever reason, decided she didn't want to eat with him and had gone with her friends instead. Now, it isn't a crime for husbands and wives to spend time apart, of course, but they hadn't even been married a full year yet. This was their first Thanksgiving together as husband and wife. Surely you would want to spend it together. Well, apparently not. Just before midnight, Alexis was picked up by another friend who wanted to go out drinking. The pair stayed out until about 3 in the morning when Alexis texted Tanya saying that she needed to come to her house because she had left some of her possessions there. But Tanya did not receive this text at the time because she had already gone to bed. The next morning, Alexis's car was gone from the house and there was no sign of her. But the 27th of November was a very important day for Alexis, Black Friday. This is when most shops will put various deals for all sorts of different things available for once-a-year deals, meaning shops and websites are crammed with people hunting for Christmas presents. Alexis would normally be no different. She would always be straight online offering different deals for the Monet products she sold. But strangely, she didn't put a single post out. This is a woman who was documenting her entire life online. So to not be online selling products she relied on for her living was very strange. Finally, at 5.30 in the evening, her friends heard from her. She was asking all of them if they wanted to go out partying. Unfortunately, no one was available, but instead they arranged to meet up the next day where they would all watch movies in their pajamas. Tragically, Alexis would not attend that gathering. She went through the entire day of Black Friday without posting on social media a single time, and the last time anyone would hear from her again were the messages with friends that ended around 6.30. A few hours later, Alexis's husband sent a text to a guy named John. This was the boyfriend of one of Alexis's friends. Tom was asking around to see if anyone had heard from Alexis, as he had not seen or heard from her in quite a while. John tried to help Tom and started calling around, but nobody had heard from Alexis. This was a woman who was never without her phone in her hand. It was very strange for no one to hear from her. John called Tom to discuss the situation straight away, and Tom said, Alexis is missing. We got into an argument, and I haven't heard from her since. The two men stayed on the phone together for 45 minutes discussing what had happened, but John later said that something just didn't seem right. His suspicions were probably aroused by the fact that Tom apparently changed his story a few times, later saying that Alexis and he had not gotten into an argument. 
He also changed some other details. First, he told John that Alexis stormed out of their home barefoot. Then he said that she was wearing running shoes. He also said that Alexis climbed over the fence at their house and got into a black car, but that she also may have left on foot. Tom couldn't make up his mind as to whether Alexis took her phone with her or not. This is her home. Why on earth would Alexis need to climb over a fence? If she stormed out, why would there have been a car waiting for her? And surely she would not have stormed out without putting something on her feet. Lastly, she would not go anywhere without her phone, so it's pretty unlikely that she would forget it. All questions that Tom's explanations failed to answer. Tom then decided on his version of events. He told John that he used the Find My Friends app on his phone to track Alexis and the black car that had picked her up. He was now going to follow her, but lost cell phone service before he could find her. Having lost service, Tom said that he didn't know what to do, and he pulled into a local gas station where he sat for two hours. After that, he started calling people to try to find out where his wife was. For all of Tom's explanations, the true version of events was still very unclear, and it didn't help anyone trying to locate Alexis. November 28, 2020. Tanya, as planned, messages her friends group and tells everyone that their planned movie day is still on. People started replying as you would expect, suggesting which drinks to bring and what movies to watch, you know, that kind of thing. But one person didn't reply. Alexis, the person who would normally be first on the chat messaging everyone. Her friends noticed this straight away and checked her social media. She had not posted a single thing in over 12 hours. For most people, this might not be a big deal, but for a woman like Alexis, it certainly was, and her friends knew it. Regardless, they still met up for their movie day. Some of them thought Alexis might just show up, but she didn't. Even if she was unable to attend a social event, she would always let them know, but this time, nothing. Tanya, now becoming increasingly worried, tried calling and texting repeatedly, but still nothing. She went around to Tom and Alexis's home, ringing and calling as she pressed the doorbell, but it seemed that no one was home either. For a short time, Tanya was reluctant to worry Alexis's family. She didn't want to cause unnecessary panic, but eventually she felt she had no other choice and called her mom, Stacy. To Tanya's surprise, Stacy knew everything already and did not seem to be overly worried. Tom had already called, explaining that the couple had had an argument. Tom was now calling all of Alexis's friends to ask if anybody had picked her up in a black car, but they all denied seeing Alexis, let alone picking her up. By 9 p.m. on the 28th of November, Alexis was still missing without a trace. This is when not her husband, but her friends decided to file a missing persons report with police. Tom was notified, but only after the report had been filed. Shortly after, pictures of Alexis appeared all over social media from her friends saying, Have you seen me? Giving them her name and everything. But there was to be a tragic twist. While the family and friends of Alexis were frantically posting on social media and doing anything they could think of to find her, there was something they didn't know. On the morning of the 28th of November, a group of city workers had already discovered a body just three miles from the home of Tom and Alexis and police were now doing their best to identify it. Given the missing persons report, it didn't take police long to put two and two together. They went to see Tom and asked him to come in and identify the body. Tom went with the police and had to positively identify the body of his wife. 
A short time later, friends and family were told that Alexis had been found, but that she was sadly dead. At first, police investigators did not treat the case as a murder. This was because, despite them looking the body over, there were no signs of cuts, bruises, or any trauma to the body. In the world of social media, the post had now changed from trying to find Alexis to memorials and condolence posts. But in the universe that is social media, there is also a bad side. Within no time at all, people were speculating as to what could have happened to her. The case was gathering massive traction, and police kept the media up to date. They announced that there weren't any signs of a struggle, and they're still trying to determine the cause of death. Wherever there is a lack of clarity, it creates an information vacuum that will be filled, often on social media, by conspiracy theorists. Now people were speculating that she had been poisoned or had taken an overdose. All of the friends of Alexis and her family were interviewed, none viewed as suspects, but police wanted to know everything about her. All those interviewed said the same thing. Alexis was happy, full of life, and certainly had no reason to take an overdose. Her parents said the only way she could have taken an overdose is if somebody forced it down her. Everybody who knew Alexis was in complete agreement. This was no accident. Police interviewed the friend who went on the road trip with Alexis to Marfa. She alleged that Alexis confided in her about her marriage to Tom, which apparently was not as perfect as the videos on social media would have you believe. Alexis allegedly said their marriage was terrible and apparently even said that she feared for her life. Finally, police discovered that there was more than a bit of truth to what her friend had said. They discovered that Alexis was planning to divorce Tom and soon. The couple had even started dividing the assets between them, having already moved their money into separate bank accounts, and the divorce papers had already been drawn up by a lawyer. All they lacked were the couple's signatures. Another friend who went to Tullam, Mexico with Alexis, said that she had met someone else, a Houston DJ named Sebastian. What her involvement was with Sebastian is unclear. One friend said the two of them hooked up, but others said that Alexis didn't want to cheat on Tom, so nothing had happened. Either way, friends did admit the two of them got along very well, and Alexis was very fond of him. They had started meeting socially, remember the uh, Thanksgiving at Tanya's, also when Alexis went out drinking until 3 a.m.? Well, it was Sebastian who came to pick her up. The police were gathering a good picture of Alexis and her life, but they still did not see any clear motive for anyone wanting her dead. In their minds, this was still a possible suicide, but not as far as friends and family were concerned. None of them could forget how many times Tom's story had changed in the beginning. His various versions of events had all contradicted each other and simply didn't make sense. Their suspicions, if not those of law enforcement, turned firmly towards him. Tom was cooperating with the police, but he still could not explain why his story had changed. The night Alexis went missing, the weather in Houston was particularly cold and wet. She wouldn't have just run away barefoot. Secondly, most of her friends lived within a mile or two of the home. She could and probably would have called someone to help her. But the facts remained. No one had heard from her at all. Social media was now becoming a hindrance to the investigation. So many people were posting online about the case, the Internet was full of conspiracy theories, even to the point where Tom said he was receiving death threats. All those who knew Alexis were now encouraged to be careful about what they posted online, or even better, just to stay off social media altogether. 
Tom, however, was not doing himself any favors either. There was no proof that he had done anything wrong, but his stories continued to change. He gave a media interview behind closed doors where he described the last time he saw Alexis. I saw she was leaving the home. I think she was drunk. I tried to convince her not to drive, but she wouldn't listen to me. She must have drove that night. She was a very depressed person. I was constantly having to build her back up when she was down. This was now the third time stories had changed about that night, and Tom was leaving himself open to even more scrutiny and suspicion, both from people online and those who knew Alexis. Her friends and family were no longer willing to allow her character to be brought into question by Tom. As the result of his interview, they all started giving their own interviews, completely contradicting him. They all described Alexis as a happy person, far from depressed. They described a woman who always saw the best in others and had a real lust for life. The 19th of January, 2021. Finally, pathologists have come back with a cause for death. They concluded that Alexis died as the result of strangulation, and now the case was declared officially a homicide. This was huge. After all the speculation and conspiracy theories, Alexis had, in fact, been murdered. However, she ended up on the side of the road with no clothes on that night. It was clear she didn't go down there of her own free will. Naturally, the pathologist's decision only fueled rumors and theories even further. People were now openly saying online that Tom was the person who had killed his wife. Meanwhile, Tom himself was posting pictures of his wife, saying how much he missed her. To make matters worse for the family, there had been a mistake regarding Alexis's body. She had been accidentally listed under her maiden name, Alexis Lee Robidault, and Tom listed as her next of kin. It seems somewhat normal, doesn't it? After all, he was her husband. Maybe it would have been normal if Tom hadn't had a conversation with Alexis' parents in which they agreed to have her body flown home so she could be laid to rest near her family. But now Tom had all of the power, and her family had none. By January 18th, the body still had not been flown back to them. They called the authorities demanding answers. It turns out that Tom hadn't even claimed the body yet, so legally, Alexis couldn't be moved anywhere. The actions of a grief-stricken husband or a spiteful man who liked to have control over his in-laws. We simply can't be sure, but we do know this. Tom stopped cooperating with the family, stopping all communications, and he completely ghosted them. The family were now in an impossible position. They had no legal powers to get their daughter home and had zero communication with the one person who could help them. Whatever was happening with Tom at this point, he had become so reclusive and uncooperative that the authorities decided to act. It had been over two weeks since Tom stopped communicating and he still had not claimed his wife's body. Finally, the authorities, in a small act of mercy, changed Alexis's next of kin to her parents instead of Tom. She could finally go home, and the family could now at least have some closure. A small private funeral was held in her hometown. Many of her friends from Texas flew out to Pennsylvania to attend the service. But for the time being, the police were still no closer to finding out who had killed her. The reasons for Tom's silence soon became apparent. Instead of claiming his wife's body or even thinking about the funeral, he had strangely fled Texas. Police continuously tried to contact him, but to no avail. 
Eventually, months later, they finally made contact. Tom had fled to Georgia. By this point, although there was a lack of proof, Tom was considered the only suspect. Police believed that he was the only one who had the means, motive, and opportunity to kill Alexis. Upon making contact, they asked Tom to provide them with a DNA sample. Tom agreed, and they arranged to meet in early August of 2021. But unsurprisingly, Tom failed to show up for the meeting. With only one course of action left open to them, police issued a warrant for Tom's arrest on September 29, 2021. Tom was now officially a fugitive from the law, but it wouldn't take police long to find him. They quickly discovered that his daughter lived in Fort Myers, Florida. After conducting a short surveillance operation, they discovered that Tom was staying there. This time, the authorities were not going to let him escape. October the 6th, 2021, marshals surrounded the home and prepared to enter the property. However, in one final twist, Tom would evade them once and for all. Officers knocked on the door. Tom's daughter and her partner answered. They were quickly ushered out of the way as the marshals forced their way into the home. Tom was apparently upstairs in his bedroom. As officers entered the room, they found a gruesome sight. Tom was sprawled out on the floor, blood pouring from his head. Splatters littered the wall and carpet. Just next to the body was Tom's gun. He had shot himself in the head before marshals could apprehend him. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Tom's death was eventually ruled as a suicide. No one else was ever suspected of having any involvement. Authorities later gave a statement telling how Tom had been evasive and untruthful during the investigation into his wife's death, and there had been a history of domestic violence between him and his wife. Had Tom not taken the coward's way out, he surely would have been charged with the murder of his wife, and to this day, authorities are convinced that's what happened. Unfortunately for the friends and family of Alexis, they will never know for certain what happened between the 27th and 28th of November 2020. The only two people who really knew are now dead. No one has ever taken Tom's version of events seriously or the way he described his wife as a depressed person. Alexis had gone through life with a positive attitude, both towards her professional life, in which she excelled, and in her personal life, where she had a huge circle of friends and a family that would do anything for her. Despite her initial love for Tom, the worst thing that she ever did was meet this man. No clear motive has ever been established. Could it have been the prospect of divorce? After all, police established a clear link of domestic violence. Maybe Tom couldn't face the fact that Alexis was a strong-willed person and strong enough to break away from him. Whatever the reason, Alexis kept her troubled domestic life a secret from the rest of the world, including from her friends and family. From the outside, she appeared to be the fun-loving person she had always been, but underneath, she was certainly battling with demons created by her controlling husband. She spent her life working hard, enjoying herself, and lighting up every room she walked into. All of her family and friends at least have good memories of a wonderful young woman who was taken from this world far too early. Rest in peace, Alexis Lee Robinault. If you found this story compelling, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leave a five-star review if you would like to show your support. 
Also, don't forget to hit the notification bell to stay up to date each time we reveal a new shocking case. Until next time, stay safe and keep your eyes peeled. You never know what's lurking in the shadow.